Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you were missing fights over these past two months, I'd say you couldn't have asked for a more thunderous return than what UFC 249 gave us. Hello, everyone, and welcome. My name is Sean O'Shotty, and this here, this is the Man in the Myth post-fight show here on The Athletic. I am joined, of course, by my guy, Chuck Hall, as well as producer Chris. For the first time in this pandemic era, we had something to watch here on our Saturday night. And good lord, was that main event one way to uh that was a hell of a way to end the yeah. show. Justin Gagey, Tony Ferguson, fifth round TKO win for Justin Gagey. And I'm just gonna jump right out and say this at the top. Considering the circumstances and the competition and everything that went into this, I feel comfortable saying that this was one of the great all-time, all-around performances we've seen in a major spot. This was wonderful. This was masterful by Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje came in here and fought the fight of his life. He blasts Tony Ferguson with shot after shot, shots that would knock out a grizzly bear. Uh, and somehow, Tony Ferguson, whatever he is made out of, he would not relent. He kept on coming, ends up being a standing TKO in round five, as I said, called by Herb Deem, essentially just saving Tony from himself, the amount of damage he was taking in there. Guys, there is a ton to unpack here tonight but just right off the bat what can you say about what justin gaethje did here tonight uh i mean to me it was just it was the performance you knew he had in him right like this is a guy that we've watched i know we talked a lot about him in the lead up we kind of broke down a lot of his old fights we talked to his coach trevor whitman there was there was something about the vibe of a slight evolution, right? And maybe a buildup to maybe his best performance or a slight evolution to where he's uh, turning the corner from just like, I want to put on a big show to becoming a champion type of attitude, right? We went through all of this stuff. To me, this was like the proof of all of that. Like he went out there and it was it was just the way he handled it. I think within the first couple of minutes of this fight, you could see that he had established something. Like he'd underst- he understood a little bit of the rhythm. There was something. He was landing hard shots. He was feeling good. He was, uh, you know, he's smiling. He was having fun. You could tell it was Justin Gaethje was in his element. He's and he was doing it to Tony Ferguson, and you could feel him revel in the moment. I felt like that's what was oh, going it was on palpable. with him. It was palpable. Yes, it you was. You could absolutely feel it in the first couple of minutes. That's exactly right, man. And I felt like just as the fight went on, and especially right before, I think it was between the fourth and fifth rounds, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Trevor Whitman's like, hey, man, uh, remember, and he said like, uh, he says something like, you've blown this a couple of times, or you've gotten overzealous or something like that. Gotten too comfortable, uh, maybe. Yeah, too comfortable. And it was just the demeanor of Gaethje to just be like, uh, yeah, I know. And he's smiling. You could tell he was having a good time. And I was just like, dude. This is this is the type of performance. I wasn't even sure he had it in him. If I'm being completely honest, I didn't know if this Gaethje was there, like if he could 100% reach it. But I felt like in watching him fight that this type of guy um, might be pulled out by a guy like Trevor Whitman. But it all came out tonight. And uh, dude... It was a, it was it was a performance, man. Nobody does that to to Tony Ferguson. He was able to do that for five rounds, man. So it was very very impressive. Yeah, you you watched a guy, I think, who realized, uh, you know, we've seen it change a little bit over these the last few fights, the last couple of wins, and after the losses, you you watched a guy who realized it doesn't matter if you knock the guy out in the first or second round, you can knock him out in the fourth or fifth round, and it's just right. as entertaining, and you don't have to take the same amount of damage that you've been taking in the past fights, and it's incredible to watch him come in and do that to show restraint when he hurt Tony, he he didn't just run in and get caught. He took relatively little damage against a guy he who did. we all recognize as 
you know, arguably the most dangerous guy in the division aside from Khabib. And now I guess aside from Justin Gaethje, um, it's a special performance. It's a masterpiece type of performance. And I think it elevates him into that elite level of competition. To me, that elevates him ahead of Conor McGregor. I mean, that puts him absolutely right at the top of yeah. the division. Obviously, he's going to you know get the next title shot. Um, and before we got on the air, I, I was just mentioning watching him come out. He looked like he had a little bit of nervousness in yeah. him, yeah. which he said before that he he concerns himself coming out sometimes because he can't get nervous. He doesn't have any nerves. And it looked like he had it. And it just felt like things were going to go the right way for him and the, and the wrong way for Tony Ferguson. And man, it played out exactly that yeah. way. Chris, you said that this shoots him above Conor McGregor in your mind or might shoot him up. I, yeah. I think it's unquestionable. To me, there's no way to underplay how impressive this was here tonight. Tony Ferguson hasn't lost since Justin Gaethje's been an MMA fighter. <laughs> like that's wow. That's how long <laughs> this has gone, man. Like This has been going for a very long that's time. That's an amazing stat. Wow. For for Justin Gaethje to come in here, Chris, you had said that this is somebody who who realized how to fight or, or realized how you know to fight measure or something like that. Yeah. It's also somebody who realized how damn good he is. And you could kind of see that. You could see within the first round or two, Justin Gaethje, something clicked in him of just like, oh no, I'm on this guy's level and I'm probably better than him. And let's do this. Let's go ahead and do this. It was just masterful, brilliant. I don't have enough superlatives to pile on this performance, man. And, and Justin Gaethje 2.0 to me at this point is one of the more impressive mid-career evolutions that we've seen. Because Chris, you just said this. We just did a rewatch on Justin Gaethje and how he fought tonight was so different than how he fought just a couple years ago. It feels safe to say now that this evolution, this 2.0 version of him is the real thing. Uh, yes. Even tonight when he was hurting Tony, and and dude, the the sound of those shots without fans in the arena, some of those punches were so damn loud, it was it scary. Like the Hollywood Foley, you know, where they add these sound effects, like that's what it sounded like. The the way those shots were landed, that was amazing, man. It made no sense how Tony was even able to last as long as he did and stay upright. And some of those shots would have knocked out a, a horse or, or an elephant. It looked like, <laughs> but yet every time. That Justin Gaethje hurt Tony Ferguson. He stayed patient. He stayed yeah. almost inhumanly patient. He wasn't rushed. There was no rush at any point, even late, even fourth round, fifth round, when he's just really badly hurting Tony Ferguson. Patience, patience, patience. Yep. Guys, this is who Justin Gaethje is now. Yeah. We talked about his evolution. Now, we, I think even we would admit when we were talking about his evolution that it was very subtle. Like, you'd be like, well, you know, and after losing a couple of fights to Alvarez and Poirier, he started to show, you know, some uh, slight dial back in this. This was like the full evolution. And I don't know how it occurred very quickly. It's, uh, you know, that's what it feels like. Um, whatever they whatever they talked about from his last fight to this one, it was like he was fully in tune with the way he should be. You know what I mean? Like, you could see him picking his shots. And this is what Trevor Whitman told us uh, this past week and leading up. He's like, you know. Pick your shots, you know, know your moments. And you even heard him on the on the telecast tonight. He's like, hey, man, take 10% off of what you're trying to do. You're trying to take his head off. But it was like this language that they're using. It's always this slight dial back with Justin Gaethje. But you could see he got it tonight, right? Like you could see he understood how to be his best, like to get the best out of himself. And I feel like that was the self-aware moment that you're like, dude, we have not seen this yet. And it really, it really came to life tonight, man. 
Yeah, 100%. We talked about the, you're exactly right. We talked about it as he's different, but it's just a couple of degrees different. It's it's more than a couple of degrees. I mean, it's a it's yeah, a it's a different exactly. fighter in there, not in terms of mentality, not in terms of heart, not in terms of skill, but but the the game plan, the ability to to pull himself yeah. back and and less is more. Obviously, it's it's really an incredible, an incredible performance. There was, it was scary there for a second. Round two, end of round two, Ferguson hurts Gaethje at the bell. But then Justin Gaethje just comes back out in that third round and immediately is doing his thing again. It's, it's again, I, I can't praise it enough. It's just so ridiculously impressive what this guy has turned into over the course yeah. of just a few years, man. Just those two losses really woke him up and he has elevated his game to a place that, I mean, I, I've followed this guy's entire career. I didn't think that he could get to this point. No, I, I'm be honest. I didn't think that Dude, he, he could. Played, ru- he played. He played roulette. That's what he did. He would go in there and play roulette. He he knew that his chin would hold up in a game of roulette, and that's what he played in the WSOF. Right. He went in there and he was like, you know, I think I can outlast these guys, but I can also put on a show at the same time. The idea, like he, he it's like he's always been figuring out his his uh, calibration, like, okay, so how much of it do I want to put in entertainment? How much does it matter to me to win? Um, All that stuff. This, to me, felt like the fullest and most realized version we've seen. And I think that's pretty easy to say, given that he was able to basically school Tony Ferguson for the bulk of five rounds. And I mean... I don't. I didn't see the official scorecards. If you guys saw it, let me know. But it felt to me like he was up four nothing going into the fifth, right? Four nothing or three one minimum. Yeah, I gave yeah. Tony the second. I mean, you're round. right. You're right. Yeah, but but just the the general like the idea that he was he was going to win, even if it went to the scorecards, is my point. Like he was kind of uh, it was his fight, you know, and he was able to do that, and he was doing it with. Uh, I didn't feel like he was playing roulette in there tonight. I felt like what he no. was doing tonight was just dominating and that's something we haven't seen i think in most of his fights maybe we've seen it a little bit but we've only seen pocket size glimpses against james vick and edson barboza and donald cerrone right like you're seeing him um kind of emerge as this guy who's not going to go away but tonight it was like the full understanding you know what i mean that he's he he knows what he's doing and he's not going to go out there he's not going to throw caution to the wind he's going to dial it back just enough you know what i mean and i, I felt like that version of him, man, it showed so much potential. It made it exciting to contemplate a fight with Khabib Nurmagomedov, right? Like, all of a sudden, you're like, dude, yeah. wait a minute. This becomes a fight now. Dude, I, well, I want to get to that in a second. But, dude, just three years ago, to, uh, I'm sorry, I keep saying Tony, Justin Gaethje's career was effectively on a timer, like a self-imposed timer. Just three years ago, he was out here saying, you know, well, you know, I probably have like four more fights left in me, and then it'll be too much damage, and I'll have to retire. That right. was three years ago, man. <laughs> he has surprised even himself with how this has turned out. It's unreal. It's so, so impressive. And Chuck, let's get into it because you just alluded to it, man. A consequence of this whole pandemic and this whole COVID-19 card is that really Tony had much more to lose than anybody else in this entire situation. Oh, yeah. And he ends up losing it all. And now it is Justin Gaethje and Khabib Nurmagomedov. Khabib Nurmagomedov tonight <laughs> Tweeting first, no comment, which was a little bit of an odd comment, but then he followed up. Yeah. Justin Gaethje was so impressive. Congratulations. Very smart fight. Both of these men are, are managed by the same man, Ali Abdelaziz. Uh, I'm sure he is having a great night tonight. Uh, they <laughs> both know each other very well. And now you have Khabib Gaethje. I'm sorry. Yeah, Khabib Gaethje. It's a 
fight that I don't think any of us thought we would be getting in 2020. It's one of those fights that always kind of sat out there in the distance and was fun to think about, but never one that we really gave much serious thought to because it was just seemed so far away. Yeah. Obviously, this is early, but tonight, after watching what Justin Gaethje did to Tony Ferguson, how do you forecast that fight? <laughs> well, first of all, man, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I feel like the proof still had to be out there, right? Like, I feel like Justin Gaethje had shown us uh, many times that he's an exciting fighter, that's a must-see fighter, that he's an incautious fighter, that he's going to do all the things that maybe a promotion would love and fans would love, but he's never won the big fight, I think, that basically would put him over to a situation where you would contemplate the fight with Nurmagomedov in any real sense, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, feel, I feel like that's what we did tonight. Like, he went through Tony Ferguson, the guy we've been dying to see fight, um, Nurmaga made up for the very reason is that uh, Ferguson would cast doubt over the situation and possibly beat Nurmaga made up. Now you have a guy that just went and beat Ferguson, and I feel like he had to do something like this, and it was a perfect setup for him, and he came through. So this was his big moment, and now you get to that fight, and I gotta say, man, this it, it's very early, and if you're just talking about early forecasting of a fight like that, I just I feel like. It's one of those things where you like you wonder how much of an intangible, like it's not even intangible, just how much of that attitude that Gaethje has, that just no quit, and you couple that just kind of like with his the prowess he's gaining, like the confidence and all those things, and what that might mean. It actually becomes very fascinating, man. You know what I mean? Absolutely, it becomes a fascinating man. fight. Yeah, you you have a. I mean, it's really a wild card now, Justin, going in there because we've seen him show all this poise against a guy who's such an unorthodox striker. You never know what's coming at you. And Tony Ferguson, you go against up, uh, go up against Khabib, who you know what his game is. He's going to try to take you down. Justin yeah. has a wrestling pedigree, so if he can keep that fight on the feet, and then he does go back a little bit to his his wild ways and 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 hits Khabib early in a fight like that, why wouldn't he be able to stop him? It seems like Justin Gaethje's able to hurt everybody he hits. Um, it's, it's, I mean, yeah. it's a lot to, to think about obviously so quickly <laughs> and it really honestly is it, as much as, as much as I was impressed by Justin Gacy's performance, my heart really did break for Tony Ferguson, a Absolutely. guy who you, you know, oh, God, yeah. would give Absolute. Khabib, God, yeah, uh, you know, problems in a different way, but he, he would give him problems. Um, and he, and he's not going to get that shot and it, it is terrible. I really feel terrible for him. At the same time, feeling like we have a very legitimate contender in Justin Gaethje now. Oh, yeah. If you're bored in the house, why not spend some time on yourself? Our sponsor today, Manscaped, is here to make sure you're well-groomed above and below the belt. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving thanks to their Lawn Mower 3.0. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0, precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. Do yourself a favor always use the right tools for the job get 20% off and free shipping with the code theathletic at manscaped.com that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code theathletic and for a limited time subscribers get not one but two free gifts the shed travel bag which is a $39 value and the patented high performance anti-chafing manscaped boxer briefs so go to manscaped.com and use the code theathletic so let's take a second here and let's pour one out for the dream because it is dead. Uh, 
We, yeah, I over, mean, dude, right? this was this was a big focus of our preview show here on Wednesday, and it kind of played out in the way that I think a lot of us sort of suspected it might. I tried to anti-jinx it, but it's dead. The dream <laughs> is dead. Khabib, Khabib Ferguson, the dream feels like it's dead, man. We had a feeling this was going to happen, but it did indeed happen. I, I know that GSP, Silva, and Fedor Lesnar and Fedor Couture, those were bad ones. But this is now the Khabib Ferguson hall of fights that were too good for us to ever get. Like this is now the name of whatever that wing of the Hall of Fame is. It's that. It's that. It's this oh, yeah. fight. This is now the biggest fight that we have lost in the history of MMA, in my opinion. Would oh, you guys no, agree that, or disagree? It's not close. It's not close, man. I mean, honestly, the rest of them, like maybe there was a, there was flare ups over the course of time. Maybe there was twice where something like that happened for some of the matchups we wanted to see where they might have happened, but they just didn't, or they were booked or something. Dude, this was five times, and every time it got bigger and bigger and bigger because the guys just kept winning, right? And then they they had this bad blood kind of brewing between them. Everybody wanted to see this fight, man. It was like one of those types of things you had to see play out, and this was always the danger. It was always the danger because Justin Gaethje was never just going to be a stand-in. You know what I mean? He was never just going to be a guy who was like this uh, soft obstacle to get through. He always represented the monkey wrench in the situation <laughs> as soon as he was booked. And he did it. And it's to his credit. And that is what – that is as much as we lament, you know, like that we're not going to get that fight or at least not in that original form, this is the beauty of MMA. It really is. It's the chaos that underlies it all that we can never predict it. And honestly, we can never really get what we want. There's a beauty to that. You know what I mean? We, um, we can never predict to it. It's accept it, but that's we, the truth. We can never predict it, but this felt pretty damn predictable. I'm not going to lie, Chuck. We, I feel like you play with fire one too many times like the UFC did here. This felt like this was going to happen, and now, it was Sean, kind of inevitable. Now, wait. now, who did you predict in this fight then? I picked I picked Tony because I'm a, I'm a loyal guy. <laughs> I, I wrote it yeah, down. We got to go even down in my, the ship, man. I mean, come even on, in my down. breakdown, I said I feel like this is going to be a Justin fight, and I don't know. Chris, is this the the worst fight that we've ever lost? Yeah, ab- absolutely, absolutely. It's it's it definitely is. There's no question about it. And that's the thing, man. Watching this, I, I obviously you know over the next couple of days, Monday, we're going to talk about it more. I'm really going to feel terrible that we're not going to get that fight, but tonight. I I honestly feel bad for Tony Ferguson more than I feel yeah. bad for us losing out on that fight. But for sure, it's 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 the it's the great one lost to history right now. Yeah, yeah. One last thing about this fight, and then we'll move on and talk about this co-main event. I almost wonder what tonight is going to do for Tony Ferguson long term because he took a lot of damage, and in the moment, this feels like one of those fights that's going to forever change the trajectory of someone's career just based on the amount of damage that they did sustain moving forward and their ability to sustain damage moving forward in general. Your, your health bar in this profession is, is very limited, and Justin sucked up a massive amount of that health bar tonight. He laid so much damage upon Tony Ferguson, and I still don't know what Tony Ferguson's chin's made out of. I don't know how he was able to make it as long as he did, and I hate to say this, but I don't think Tony will ever be the same. No. I, I agree with that 100%. The truth is he's like, it's almost like a preternatural ch- type of chin, right? Like the fact that he just kept coming forward all night, I felt like this was the testament of who he is and all that stuff, but I just can't see him sustaining. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that. The fact is he's taken a lot of damage in the cumulative fights leading up to this. You know what I mean? The Lando Venata fight. I, I know the Barboza fight. You could go down the list. Like there's a lot of them he took damage 
and he was able to prevail anyway. I just feel like that this particular one in the loss, and especially the sustained, because this went into the late in the fifth round. You know, it was a long sustained uh, beating. I happen to agree, man. I just don't. I don't think that. Uh, I don't think guys emerge the same after something like that. Um, I hope yeah. I'm wrong, but I mean, obviously, like the dude is 37 years old. And we'll, I'm sure we'll get into this stuff on Monday or like it'll be broken down over time. But like, you know, just the kind of bait and switch. He was going to fight Nermaga, man, if it didn't happen. He still does the weight cut just to prove a point. You know, all that stuff, it's all going to come into play. Again, he, might was have been training just too since, much. he was training since November, too. Like, exactly, that's man. It might have just camp. been too much, man. And then, but to take that kind of damage, I agree with you. I just don't think you can do that to yourself. I know he's a different kind of athlete, but I just don't think you can do that to yourself for that long and then take that beating and then return in the same form. Yeah, this feels like a career-changing loss. Absolutely. It takes so much damage. And I think I forget who mentioned it um, on one of our recent episodes where it it felt like this one could end the same way a – the Robbie Lawler, Rory McDonald uh, second fight would end. And there was that, it, it's eerily similar. Yeah. I know yes. Tony doesn't That was what collapse, I was thinking as well. Yeah. But he takes that final shot and he's shaking his head kind of the same way Rory did when Rory, Rory fell and the fight was over. It's the same thing. I mean, and, that, and that's a, a perfect stoppage by Herb Dean. I have no problem with that. That's exactly right. Nothing was going to change. Um, he took too much damage. And I, and I do think that it's going to be um, a, a different guy from here on out. And also, the you know maybe reading into it a little bit but it's like the spirit of a guy who's been fighting this long and this hard to try to get to the title twice has the opportunity and it it gets taken away you know at the last yeah. minute you know how much how much more can you you stay mentally in it and keep keep going well so we did true. get one more classic tony ferguson moment we got this guy throwing one of those mortal combat low sweep kicks at some point in that fight Beautiful. it actually worked <laughs> it yeah. actually I don't know how it worked. I've never actually seen that in real life, but it actually worked. Uh, yeah, man. Tony is always one one of a kind, man. Yeah, and I think that, like, Chris, I know you're saying, like, you feel for Tony Ferguson. Last thing on this, I think that's what happens. You see it kind of being chipped away. You see him taking those shots. You see him coming forward. You see him doing that time and again in this fight. It's it's heartbreaking to an extent because you yeah. know what's happening. You know what's happening. In you real know everything's time. being in lost. In real time. Yeah. You know that he's being altered. You know all of this. And I'm like, ah, I think that that's the hardest thing about the fight game, man, is you see these types of fights. And, uh, dude, Tony has no reason to ever hang his head, ever, you know, in this sport, like, for what he's been to accomplish. It's just one of those things, man. And uh, I, I think that that's tonight, you know, as you watch it and we we process it, I'm like, I'll never forget that. I mean, the dude was still moving forward. He was still coming forward trying to get it done all the way deep into the fifth round, even though he could not get anything going. It's just uh, an amazing, amazing – I don't want to say his career is over, but, I mean, obviously, an amazing uh, – it's been an amazing run. If it's over, it's been an amazing run. Absolutely. If you were to guess, on average, how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week, maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Basically, a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that could connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. 
Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel any time. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com Myth for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com M-I-T-H for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. We're going to have so much more to talk about on Monday when it comes to this fight and everything that it means and everything moving forward. But in the meantime, let's keep it moving and let's talk about this co-main event. Henry Cejudo comes out here, defends his bantamweight title, defeating, I think, the man most of us would consider the bantamweight GOAT, Dominic Cruz. Second round TKO, bit controversial, knee to the head, punches, two seconds left in the round, gets stopped. Uh, This was a tough one. Uh, In real time, this looked like a bad stoppage to me. After watching the replays, though, it didn't look nearly as bad. Uh, Cejudo downs Cruz with with that knee to the head, gets unloads with punches, and it seems like Dom was on his way up when referee Keith Peterson steps in. As I said, I initially hated the stoppage, but replay really softened my stance on that. I wouldn't say it's terrible, but two seconds left does make it tough. Yes. Um, Good stoppage (laughs) or bad stoppage, first of all? So my initial thought was like, oh no, because it felt like a very, not very, but it felt like an it felt like an early stoppage, and but I think subconscious, not even subconscious, like you heard the clacks, right? You knew that there were ten seconds. You knew they were well into that ten seconds, and I guess I had just assumed in that type of situation, especially in a title fight, especially in all of the type of uh, situation this was, given Cruz's comeback and all that stuff. You just assume, honestly, that they're going to let that thing go unless there's a guy just lying there with his hands by his side, you know, twitching unconsciously. Unless it's something like that, you don't really think they're going to do that. I think that was my only problem with it. Um, I watched it in slow motion, and you're like, okay, you could make the case. But I think that that bit of context, because everybody knows that the, 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 the round was almost over, and he wasn't completely out, nothing like that. And I know they aired to the side of caution and all that, but I'm like... It just felt a little bit like, ah, oh, man, dude, you got to let that go to the, you know, that's how it felt for me. And again, we're processing this just right after the fact, but that's how it feels still right now when I'm thinking about it. I'm like, dude, just let, you got to let that round in. Yeah, I, I got to be in the moment. I didn't even realize there was that little time left. I was just kind of engrossed in, in what was happening. It felt like a good stoppage in the moment. Um, he took a lot of shot. I mean, the knee is a hard shot. He gets hit with a follow-up shot. He takes a bunch of shots when he's on the ground. I do understand that he's getting up, but we've seen fight. I know it's a title fight, so that probably changes it a little bit. And then when you look, when you factor in that it's two seconds to the end of the round, you know, that that changes it a little bit. But we've seen fights stopped at that point. I don't think it's like an egregious stop. So it's a little it's a little bit of both, but I understand why the fight was stopped there. I definitely understand it, especially after watching the replay and again. There was a lot of shots there. He he had a lot of unanswered shots, but it is Dominic Cruz. You you would think he would get some level of, I would I guess leeway from from a referee, especially yeah. in that type of spot because that is such a legacy defining fight. There's so much up in the air for him. But again, that's not really things that gets considered in the moment, right? Yeah. Uh, Henry Sudo ends up surprising all of us and retires, and we'll get <laughs> to that in a second. But first, let's talk about the performance. He came out in this fight and dominated that first round. He absolutely chews up. Dominic's lead legs, uh, or just legs in general, with leg kick after leg kick, ends up getting cut up in round two after an accidental clash of heads. 
But then we get that gorgeous finishing sequence with the knee and everything like that. All things considered, just a, a really great overall performance by Henry. We have come to expect this from him. He is consistently impressing us every time out. He looks fast. He looks sharp. He looks like a legit bantamweight, which I think is something we should have, still weren't really sure about. Thoughts from you guys. What, what did you see from the champ tonight? No, I'm with you on that, man. I mean, his speed, right? Like, he's got speed at this, uh, like, and I think when we watch, we're used to watching Dominic Cruz and him, his footwork um, kind of mesmerize, like, his opponents to the point where they don't know how to hit him and stuff like that. I didn't feel like I was seeing any of that. I felt like Suhudo's speed was there. Like, he knew how to hit him, and he knew exactly what to do. And I thought that the leg kick action um, – was very smart. Like those were, th- those were like massive shots. Like he kept uh, attacking the lead leg and you could see that it was affecting to an extent, you know, like it was at least making Dominic Cruz think about his movements more. Um, think about what he, how he wanted to approach and things like that. And honestly, that's what you got to do with a guy like Dominic Cruz is very hard to solve, right? Like you want to make him, um, you know what I mean? Alter him to an extent where he becomes a little more predictable. And I thought that Henry Cejudo did a great job of that. But that in sequence, man, everything about the fight, to be honest, I felt like Henry Cejudo just ke- continues to prove that he's he's getting better every time we see him. I really think that. And so um, I know you want to talk about that in a minute, but it's like that's what's so surprising. I feel like this might have been one of his better performances in terms of dominance and solving a guy that is very hard to solve and making it look somewhat easy, which I know how difficult that is. So Henry Cejudo, as far as I'm concerned, man, that was right up there, and in one of the best runs we've seen in uh, MMA history, this was maybe his best performance, or it was right up there with it. Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic performance. Right away when he's landing those leg kicks, you know that it's it's going to be a problem because Cruz does not seem to have an answer for that early, and he never had one th- throughout the rest of the fight. It's also incredible because Cruz looks a lot bigger, you know, the, obviously height wise, but he looks bigger he did, than yeah. than Cejudo. But Cejudo manages distance so well. And that's something that Cruz is usually so great at. He gets in and gets out. He doesn't get hit. And Cejudo was doing that to him. R- really incredible. So that's a combination of speed and his, his management of, of the distance there. And I thought Dominic Cruz actually did look really good. You know, I, I'd, I'd be interested to see him in a fight uh, sure. instead of jumping right into a title fight because Cejudo looked fantastic. Um, but he, it's not like he beat a, dimin- a a greatly diminished Cruz. You know, it's hard to to gauge it because I haven't seen him fight anybody else in four years. But um, <laughs> Cejudo put on a, a terrific performance. I mean, really, a great performance. Did. Yeah, it did, it did feel like Dom was starting to find his rhythm a little bit in that second round. Yeah. It was a lot. He improved greatly from that first round. You always wonder about ring rust. I know he does. He insists that that's not a thing. <laughs> But yeah. he certainly looked rusty in that first round. He did. Felt he did. like he was coming on strong in that second. I know he's very upset about the stoppage, but ultimately, Henry Cejudo wins. And now, afterwards, he stunned us all and he announces his retirement. And <laughs> I didn't see this coming. No. Uh, I don't think anybody really saw this coming. Let's also say that I um, think of my wording here, but I doubt the it's validity. Difficult. Of the retirement, <laughs> it feels more like I'm retiring unless you give me money type of play. Yeah. Uh, but who knows? Henry is also a smart guy, and despite the act he puts on, he he is a very intelligent individual. Getting out early and ahead of the game wouldn't be the most unusual move from him. What do you guys think? Sure. You buying it? You know, man, my initial thought was just I was like, what? I, 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 you just won the biggest fight in your – if you said that somebody's going to retire – 
in this fight, I would have guessed it was going to be Dominic Cruz, right? Like you think like, well, maybe he comes back, he loses, he retires or he wins. And he says, you know what, guys, this has been great. I got it again, but I'm retiring. I thought that that might be a possibility. I never saw for a minute, uh, Henry Cejudo retiring. Now my initial reaction was like, dude, really? I mean, and you're sort of like, well, I guess if that's what he wants to do, that's great. You know, the guys don't go out on top. There's no graceful outs in this sport or very few, but right away, and I, I, you know, you see on Twitter, like skepticism runs right away. And then on the broadcast are saying like, well, this might be a little bit of ploy, like he wants more money and all that stuff. And I thought it felt very real to me when they, when, when, when that thought sunk in, I was like, okay, wait a minute, wait, 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 this is Henry Cejudo. <laughs> this is, this is a, this, this seems very Henry Cejudo to be like, I'm just going to like, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do my action and then, uh, you know, whatever, and let them uh, come to me and change my mind. I have to say that that's the thought that prevailed after I thought about it. I was like, I, I, I for for just a split minute, I was like, okay, I think he's he really is leaving, and it was a little bit of like a like, wow, what a crazy way to go out. But as I thought about it, as it sunk in, I'm like, no, this feels to me like this dude is <laughs> leveraging. That's what it felt like. Yeah, in the immediately when he did it, I thought, you know what, good for him. I mean, he's going yeah. out obviously on top. He looks good. He's got his health. He hasn't, you know, he just had a surgery, but generally he seems healthy. Um, but right. Then, then you look into it and you think, well, he he is probably just angling to get some more money for, for another big fight. I think the problem he's going to run into is as much as we know that an Aljamain Sterling fight or a Peter Yan fight are going to be, uh, exciting. Yeah. I, those aren't the big money name fights. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't think that's going to necessarily be the thing he's going to get the money for. So we'll see what happens. But, um, I, I think we're going to see Henry Cejudo fight at least one more time. Yeah. 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 I mean, this doesn't feel, it doesn't feel real. I'll be honest. I mean, you have even Ali Abdelaziz uh, tweeting, you know, laughing, crying emojis about people asking about it. I don't think this is going to happen. I'm sure we will end up seeing him again. If this is the end for Henry Cejudo, though, as Chuck, you said this, I mean, he goes out riding a six fight win streak, the last four of which are Demetrius Johnson, TJ Dillashaw, who then pops for PEDs, Marlon Moraes, and Dominic Cruz. Like, <laughs> that's not that's a bad a, run crazy. to go out on. <laughs> That's no. not bad at all. No, man. All right. Last thing before we get out of here, we have to, normally we don't really go deep on these main cards on the post fight show, but I feel like we have to talk about this at least quickly before we go. We have to spend a second on Francis Ngannou because that's all he did. He spends seconds in there and that's it. He did it again. <laughs> I can't believe he did it again, but he did it again. 20 seconds, uh, one left hand and then a huge blitz of punches and, and Yarazino Rosenstruck is in La La Land. You guys... Um, how does this keep happening? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't, well, <laughs> dude, what the hell is going on? So how does this keep happening? I mean, it there was, I, I saw, and then it, no, it was like that, right? Like, it was, <laughs> he just went in there and destroyed him. It was like one of those things. I can't say that I didn't think this would happen. Like, because I think in my mind, you know, like we talked about this a little bit. And I was like, there's, there's a very real chance that something like this happens. But the fact that they're heavyweights, you're like you, you. You don't think that there's going to be an opening, possibly. You know, there there might not be an opening for him to do that because we mentioned. You know, he's obviously destroying guys in the first round. You're like, well, maybe Rosenstrike comes in there and he's like, I'm going to try to like get through the first round. I'm going to try to get through before we start really laying down. But that was just not the way it played out. And as soon as they went at each other, and Francis and Gano, man, dude, as soon as he was hell bent on just like, okay. I'm going to lunge forward with these punches and find him, you know. 
that was it was just some massive crazy eye-opening stuff and it it almost spells out to me like a true superstar because when you see a guy that just keeps dro- dropping your jaw in different <laughs> ways like that i'm like and i mean it just seems like he he's just dawning on everybody too like the broader world and i'm like he feels to me like a star man like he's really about to become that but this was a big one because I felt like people were paying attention. But to get that done, but the way he did it, just kind of headhunting and going right in and just kind of on the run, making that knockout happen, impressive stuff, dude. I, I'm not sure I would have thought that he was going to do it quite like that, but that was pretty impressive, man. That was insane. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to happen in the first round. Honestly, I, that, Sean and I both had this as our, our lock that Francis was going to win, and uh, he obviously did. What's <laughs> wild is, is in a 20-second fight, he actually did show a little restraint for 10 seconds, and then he <laughs> ran at Yair Zeno. And d- of the run that he's been on, uh, this was sort of the ugliest finish in terms of him. He, chin up, just kind of throwing wild punches. But he landed one, and that's all it takes. And it really... Man, if if he doesn't deserve a title shot off of this, what what does he have to do? You know, oh, what I mean, it just keeps running Gotta through people. Him. It's wild. Yeah, dude, I am I am trying so hard, so so hard not to be hyperbolic here, but this version of Francis might genuinely be like the scariest fighter this sport has ever seen. <laughs> no, I think that's not even hyperbolic. I think that's true. I think that's right, man. Like this this post Lewis, this post Derek Lewis version of this guy is. In my oh Chuck, me and you have been saying this for a while. I think he's the best heavyweight in the world, and I cannot wait until he gets that second shot at that belt. Whenever it happens, he has now beaten in a row. I tweeted this out earlier, but I'm going to repeat it here because it's stunning to me. In a row, Curtis Blades, Cain Velasquez, Junior Dos Santos, and Yarzino Rosenstruck in a combined 162 seconds. <laughs> Dude, 162 insane, seconds is just like. Me asking you, hey, what did you think of that Ferguson Gaethje fight? And you giving me your answer. That's what 162 (laughs) seconds is. That's like two minutes. Like, that's nothing, man. That's insane. You're saying I'm long winded. Okay, I got you. No, No, it's, dude, it's it's the old Mike Tyson thing. It's the old Mike Tyson thing of like, how much would I have to pay you to take one punch from Mike Tyson? Like, how much would I have to pay you to take a Francis Ngannou shot to the face? Dude, and I think that that's the most brilliant thing about this performance. I really do because that's what starts to happen. You start to like, let your imagination go wild a little bit because he's a heavyweight and I, whatever reason, man, the heavyweights are always going to be, if you get the right heavyweight destroying people, it's always like this, like, okay, that's the king of the earth right there in terms of fighting and the most scary man in the world. I mean, I really feel like he fits the bill. Um, we can talk about like you know guys like Daniel Cormier and and Stipe Miocic and people who've held the belt or have it right now. They have their allure, and it's like a lot of it is skill, a lot of it is want, a lot of it is you know things that go into it. But there's just not that dude who just carries power and almost strikes such a um, a cold blooded monotone when you talk to him afterwards. Like they're barely breathing hard. That's scary stuff, dude. Like what he did and his how calm he was. You shouldn't call me. You know that. Just talking about him calling him out and all that stuff. I mean, it's just, to me, he is that guy. And uh, I think that this time, him going through, he understands it. Those losses mean something. Like, he took whatever he needed to take from those losses, and he is the scariest version, of maybe of a heavyweight we've seen. Honestly, in this sport, he might be the scariest version of a heavyweight we've seen. 
Yeah, he he's a destroyer. I don't think Yair Zeno Rosenstrike's career is going to be the same after this. Like that that is a devastating loss. Like that that completely turns thing around things around. And it's interesting the these three fights, the Francis win, Cejudo, um and then um Gaethje, you're seeing guys who have lost and learned and yeah. turned themselves into champions or champion level type of fighters and and f- Clearly, Francis is working that way. Now, again, I'd love to know what Francis is doing as far as grappling is concerned, jiu-jitsu. I know he does work on that stuff, um, but we just don't get to see it, and I don't think we will see it again until he's in a title fight. But still, the the ability to just end people so quickly is is, that has to make him a champion written on it. Yep. There are a few examples you can point to that are more stark and more visceral of be careful what you wish for than this fight. Because Yarzino Rosenstruck asked for this. He called for this. He wanted this. (laughs) And he might be the last person ever to actually call to fight Francis Ngannou. Everyone from now on is going to get forced into it. No one's going to ask for this. You you know what's funny that you're saying that, though? I was seeing on Twitter, Junior Dos Santos, man, he is such an animal. He was like, I can't believe this guy's this lucky. He just got another knockout. Like, unbelievable (laughs) luck. And he really, you know he means that. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Such an insane card. And we haven't even talked about the fact that this is the first card, really, in two months, and it was done in front of no crowd, and there was a lot of stuff that happened this week. We haven't gotten into any of that. Also, just performances up and down the card. Calvin Guitar, Jeremy Stevens, that was very yeah. brutal. Calvin Guitar getting the, the, the KO with a standing Dude. elbow. Amazing. Uh, you had Anthony Pettis out there getting best win he's had in a bit. Also, my guy, Vicente Luque, continuing to disfigure people. That is a, a fun wrinkle in every card that he is on. Yeah. There's so many angles. Who's this guy, Alexa, uh, Alexi Olenek, yeah. showing up again. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you know, Chris, there's no way Alexi uh, Olenek could ever outstrike Fabrizio Verdum. <laughs> I mean, maybe <laughs> if I said that five years ago, that would be true. He, yeah. is, <laughs> he is the lock picker is what he is, man, because I picked against – I had a lot. I know we'll talk about this on Monday, but I had him as a lock uh, – uh, going against him as a lock last time, this time you. It's just one of those crazy things, man. Do not pick against that guy. Hey, man, <laughs> I'm just saying if this is what this post-pandemic – or we're not post-pandemic, but if this is what that – this new world is in MMA where Chuck's going two and two, I'm going two and two, Chris is in last place, like – I can get used to this. All oh I'm saying. God. Here we go. Take it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're going to have so much fun on Monday going through all of this deep diving through this card again so much. Uh, in the meantime, that is it for us tonight. We have work to get to, gentlemen. There is a lot left to do, and the night is young. This has been the UFC 249 post-fight show here on The Man and the Myth. My name is Sean O'Shotty. That man is Chuck Mendenhall, also forward producer Chris. Thank you so much for joining us not only tonight but all week as we brought you coverage of UFC 249 here on The Athletic. The goods are going to keep coming, and we'll see you guys on Monday. So have a good weekend. Until then, see you then.